Welcome to another episode of the Creativity Algorithm. This is the show that is designed to help people have good ideas more often. Hello and welcome back to the Creativity Algorithm podcast. I'm going to jump right in because even though I don't know much about poetry, I'm going to try to be poetic. Here we go. Ready for this? Good ideas are like flowers that bloom when they're ready. I mean, you can fertilize them, you can water them, and you can put them in a certain uh, position or direction from the sunlight. But at the end of the day, you can't really make a flower bloom any more than you can make your unconscious give you a good idea. I'm going to continue with this flower metaphor. You can only have flowers from the seeds that you plant. And you can't plant seeds that you don't have, which is why I write about what I know. Now, I might be forcing this metaphor to explain the content of this post and episode or other posts and episode, but stick with me. I've written before about how I'm a terrible gardener, so that does that course doesn't stop me from, you know, waxing poetic. See what I did there about poetry and about flowers. But even I know you can't get roses from tulip seeds. You get what you plant and you kind of think what you know. If you're struggling with getting your next good idea, here's a possibility. Maybe you need to research more about the area in which you want to have a good idea. Which brings me back to the content of these posts and slashed episodes. Well, as I said, I write what I know and I know my wife. Now, cue the build-up to a stand-up routine involving wife, wife jokes, and if you're old enough to know who Rodney Dangerfield is and you know where I'm going with this, well, actually, no, I'm not going to do that. Um, and I'm certainly not going to do it in public, and even if I were to make a joke about my wife, it wouldn't be at her expense. It would be to her face and a gentle teasing, because I'm not about that lifestyle. But what I will do is write a bit about a reoccurring annoyance that my wife deals with nearly every day, and sometimes even two times in one day. The annoyance is that the charging cord for her phone mysteriously disappears. Before you jump to conclusions that this is some kind of setup for the aforementioned stand-up wife-bashing joke, it's not. So if you're wondering how a charging cord can disappear and my wife not be at fault, let me say two words, teenage daughters. With those two words, we can easily imagine where my wife's charging cord goes. Now, where my kids' cords go that necessitate them taking my wife's is a mystery far more complex than the source of good ideas. Why am I talking about charging cords? Let's use another metaphor. The electricity in the wall is the unconscious, nearly unlimited, but kind of hard to access. The phone is the conscious mind, able to do, I mean, an amazing number of things and really technically and precise calculations. Think about how many apps your phone has. Think about the raw data crunching ability that your phone has. And I'm sure you've heard that your phone holds more computing power than all of the machines used to pull off the first moon landing. And as amazing as our phones are, and they are truly incredible, our minds are incalculably more complex. Your phone can play a video, calculate a location, remind you, entertain you, monitor you, and teach you, but it can't create. We'll touch upon artificial intelligence in, in later episodes and how that's altering the creativity landscape that, you know, a, a, that we look at and stand on. But for this post, we're going to stick with the concept, the metaphor of the charging cord. 
And as amazing as our mind is, it gets tired. Just like a phone's battery runs down, it needs to be recharged. This, of course, brings me back to the randomly missing charging cord. We know how to recharge a phone. Of course, we need the right cord with the right adapter. How can we recharge our minds? I think that most of us will come up with rest, maybe relaxation. And if you've been following the creativity algorithm, then you might answer relaxed engagement. Relaxed engagement allows for those groovy alpha waves. And that's uh, the alpha waves. Now, your brain has all waves all the time. Alpha, beta, theta, delta. Delta is associated with deep sleep. Beta is associated with you know, concentration and focus if you're writing or thinking. Alpha waves are associated with that between state where part of your mind is active, but part of your mind is not. During that alpha state, your mind and body are doing something. Your body could even be working quite hard. Exercise and even physical labor can lead to, I just uh, laughed there because you can imagine how many grandparents or parents tell your kids, tell their kids, you know what, hard work is good for you. And the reality is it is true. Hard work is good for the mind because if you're doing mindless hard work, well, notice what that word is, mindless hard work. Your conscious mind goes away and your unconscious mind comes out to play. So when exercising, working, or doing any hobby, of course your body or parts of your body are being moved by your mind, but your mind is not concentrating. It is being recharged. Just as we alluded to your phone needing the right cord, plug, and adapter to recharge, your mind needs the right type of relaxed engagement. For example, yoga is not for me. Knitting is not for me. Long-distance running is certainly not for me. Walking my dog, lifting weights, martial arts, and re well, reading, we got to stop there. It's about to say reading. Reading uh, occupies your mind too much. It, uh, it, your mind has to focus to read. So even though reading, reading can be relaxing, it's not the right type of relaxed engagement because your, your uh, mind is producing many more beta waves. Your prefrontal cortex is directly involved and you're just not able to relax even though reading is relaxing, not the right type of relaxation. Okay. For, I, I told you, you know, walking my dog, lifting weights, or doing other things are the cords that allow the, the power cords or the charging cords that allow my mind to recharge. Note, this type of relaxed engagement can only happen when the physical three-pound brain is properly cleaned. Notice I'm not talking about a dirty mind, I'm talking about a dirty brain. How can the brain be cleaned? Well, one word answer, sleep. You need sleep. Sleep is when the brain cleans itself. In later posts, we'll discuss sleep in detail, but for right now, let's just say that trying to get a tired brain to foster relaxed engagement is like trying to get a dehydrated body to exercise well. So what does this have to do with helping sales professionals and management professionals have good ideas more often? Relationships matter. That's what, that's what this has to do, it has to do with relationships. Now, you can be the wall and your employees can be the phone, or you can be the phone and your clients can be the electricity. However you imagine it, notice there needs to be a charging cord connecting the phone to the electricity in the wall. If the electricity flowing to the phone, the, the intangible, why you can't see a relationship and you really can't see electricity. So if the electricity flowing to the phone is the relationship between 
client and sales professional, or between team and manager, then the cord is what allows that relationship, that electricity to flow to and from both places. The same can be said for the unconscious mind and the, uh, for the conscious mind and the unconscious. It needs, you know, the conscious mind and your unconscious mind, that relationship, it needs a regular recharging connection. If you've been following the creativity algorithm, then you know that we try to foster relaxed engagement by working with sophisms. Sophisms are those cognitive toys that invite the unconscious to play and bring us good ideas like a playful dog will retrieve a toy or even bring a dead animal, but as much as we might think the dead animal is gross or the dirty slobbery tennis ball is gross, it is really important to your dog just as it's really important to your unconscious. Can you imagine your dog who brings you his prized possession, dirty and gross as it may be, drops it on your lap, drops it at your feet, and you scold the dog? What are you teaching the dog then that maybe you don't want to play? And not, not only is that bad for the dog, but by extension, we don't want that happen to the unconscious. Okay, well, here's a sophism, okay? Have you ever seen the inside of mashed potatoes? <laughs> like what? For a sliver of time, maybe only a fraction of a second, your conscious mind probably did a stutter step. At least, you know, your conscious mind did that. Your unconscious mind perked its ears up, jumped in, and allowed you to get it. And that's what humor is. It's a play in that kind of nether world between your conscious mind and your unconscious mind. Sophisms are lovely tools to distract the conscious mind so the unconscious mind can practice relaxed engagement. That sliver of amused engagement from, you know, have you ever seen the inside of mashed potatoes? Or if you really want to mess with someone, ask them, hey, do you think a cat has ever seen the inside of mashed potatoes? And you're like, wait, what? That doesn't even, why would you, that that confusion, and even though it's kind of pleasant, that that's going to allow the, the unconscious creative mind to kind of peek its head out and say, hey, I'm here. Don't forget about me. Okay. Well, as I said, even that silly mashed potatoes thing is probably pleasant. While probably not ha-ha funny, it is humor adjacent because it requires your unconscious mind to play. Humor, like I said, usually lives, I'm not going to say it lives in the unconscious, but it's kind of on the boundary, which is why it's often so hard to plan to be funny. When I give talks or keynotes um, to, to different sales organizations or management organizations, you know, it's difficult to like drop in that one liner that's going to get the audience to laugh because I, you know, planned humor is really tough unless, like I said, you have those seeds. If you're a professional comedian, you work with that material. You have the seeds to plant. But if you're not professionally funny, it's tough to be funny on command. You don't believe me? Here's a great sophism. Think of a joke right now. Go. Tough to do, isn't it? So, obviously, when a comedian's in the zone, the jokes flow. But catch a comedian when they're paying bills, analyzing whether they should take a gig, or worried about making a connecting flight, and the jokes just won't be there. That's because their conscious, concentrating, beta-wave-laden mind is in charge. And we need to have that balance beam, kind of like, you know, where does the water meet the beach? Well, if there's waves, it's constantly changing. That exact point where the water meets the sand, it's constantly changing. And that's the relationship between the conscious mind and the unconscious. Before we jump into the next sophism, let's discuss a little bit of why. You know, why are we talking about all this stuff in this episode or this, uh, this post? Relaxed engagement starts with distraction. Well, actually, you know what? I'm not sure of that. 
check out poster episode 11, What Comes First. Can you enjoy your hobby before you become relaxed? What comes first? So let me retreat a bit from the statement I said a few sentences ago. I'm going to say that relaxed engagement, instead of saying it starts with distraction, let me say distraction is important to relaxed engagement because one might come before the other. Does relaxing allow you to play with the sophism or does the sophism allow you to relax? If you don't know, try this experiment. I want you to exhale. I want you to, every time you exhale, concentrate on your trapezoid muscle. What is that? That's the big muscle on either side of your neck uh, that extends to your shoulders. That's the one that most people frequently, frequently think of when they get a neck rub or back rub or something like that. It's often unduly tense. So please let your shoulders sag lower and looser with each exhale. Maybe just three deep breaths. Every time you exhale, then let those shoulders, let that muscle sag and relax. After you've done three exhales, play with this. Here we go. Number one, your phone is your conscious mind. Number two, the charging cord is relaxed engagement. Number three, the power grid outside of your house is the unconscious. This gives us an appreciation, appreciate, can't even say that word. This gives us an appreciation of the scale and size difference between your conscious mind, you know, which is the size of your phone, and your unconscious mind, which is the size of your town or state's inter interconnected power grid. I mean, that's a big size difference. And I think it's representative because your unconscious is incalculably huge. In the real world, so please play with this sophism. Try to imagine the scale of what I'm going to say here. Let's imagine your phone, and you know how big your phone is. You know, what is it, two inches by three inches by a half inch or something like that. So your phone's pretty small. So your phone's the conscious mind. Your charging cord is the relaxed engagement between your conscious mind phone and your unconscious outside power grid. So number one your, is the phone is your conscious mind. Number two, the charging cord is the connection between them. We call that relaxed engagement. Number three is your unconscious. It is representative by, of the power grid outside of your house. This gives us an appreciation. This, I can't even say that word. This gives us an appreciation of the scale in size difference between your conscious, which is the conscious mind, which is the size of your phone, and your unconscious mind, which is the size of your town, your whole state's interconnected power grid. That's a pretty big size difference, and I actually think it might be representative of what's really going on between the size of the two parts of your mind. In the real world, we know that electricity is most often created from something spinning, either by wind or water or steam power from plants. Let's continue with this three-part metaphor of your phone being conscious, your charging cord being relaxed engagement, and the power grid is your unconscious. Let's continue with this. Imagine the source of the electricity, and I put that in quotes, you know, air quotes with my fingers. The, imagine that the source of the electricity that recharges your mind. What is it? How is that thing that recharges your mind? How is it generated? What would a solar-powered unconscious look like? Wind-powered? Nuclear? Eh, I don't know. It's a little too literal and sciencey. But what if we said, wait for it, here we go, you know, cue the hippie music and the crystals. What if we said your unconscious is powered by hope, imagination, greed, 
magical ways of goodness, that magical rays of goodness that come from love? Ridiculous? Well, no. Let your unconscious decide how it wants to be repowered and refueled and recharged. Takeaway for this week. Well, I'd like you to build out the idea of how your unconscious is powered. If you can imagine it, then you can improve it. I'm going to say that again because that sounds pretty wise. If you can imagine it, then you can improve it. In earlier posts and episodes, we talked about a building or building a control room in your mind. Now it's time to power it up. If you cannot take a few minutes, a few times a week to envision this, that's cool. That's cool. Do it as you fall asleep, because as you fall asleep, there is that handoff between your conscious mind and your unconscious, that brief flickering of an alpha state. Play with that. Now, remember how we said we will discuss sleep in a later post or episode? Well, here's a preview. Ready? Don't try to sleep. That's using your ironically too tired conscious mind to do something it can't do, namely sleep. You cannot consciously try to sleep. Instead, try to distract your mind. Distract your conscious mind by letting your unconscious mind figure out what is what can recharge it. Spreading the thoughts. Well, next time you're surrounded you know, by a group of people, coworkers, family, and friends, wait for a lull in the conversation and ask someone if they've ever seen the inside of mashed potatoes. Or if you want to be a little more risky, ask them, hey, do you think a cat has ever seen the inside of mashed potatoes? If they're amused, tell them about the creativity algorithm. If they're not, walk away because they're just not fun people. Title of the next episode, Confession and Preaching Confession. Thank you for listening. If you've missed a previous episode, you might want to go back and listen to the earlier episodes.